You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. More interviews with incoming NFL prospects from the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Joining us now, Alabama edge rusher, Dallas. This is the guy right here, right here. The man. He's him. The man. The edge rusher supreme. Right, all the guy that's been getting the hype the last few years, right? It's all you. We all saw you coming. Here you are. What's up? Oh, you like he's it? Yeah, I like just, it. I he like just it. See, he's sitting no, there like he wants well, to suit up right now and knock you on your ass. You see these right here? This is one thing I know. He's from Florida. Florida guys love the lights. Always. Uh, they love it. No, I mean it in the most respectful way. You're ready for game time. You're yeah. never shy away. And I can tell you got a personality that, yeah. you know, is infectious a little bit. I mean, yeah, you know, growing up in South Florida, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I was five, so, you know, just... Just used to it now, you know, just being myself. So Went to St. Thomas Aquinas, which yes, is a powerhouse down there in Florida. Right? Who would you have on your high school team that we would know of? Because uh, that's it's that Tim Tebow school, right? I mean, their name one, right? I mean, who else did you have back in the day? It's been a lot of guys that have come oh, out of that uh, school. The Bosa brothers. Yeah, the Bosa brothers, right. I knew I was missing somebody Philip obvious. Philip Dorsett. Man. Michael Irvin. Michael yeah, Irvin, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's really a bunch of guys. Yeah, no, it's too many. Right well, that yet. was good enough. That was a good start right there. How you feeling so far this week? No, feeling blessed, man. You know, it's, a, it's an honor to be here, you know, just having fun, just soaking everything in. You know, I've been dreaming about stuff like this since I was a kid. So, you know, it's just uh, everything just falling into place. You you doing everything tomorrow? Uh, no, I was going to do the uh, the 40, the vertical jump, and positional jump. Okay, that's all we care about. Yeah, really? So. I mean, okay. So that, that, that'll do it all. Yeah. All right, so – that, that that's what was your you like I'm always interested in a guy like you projected top 20 pick whatever right sometimes guys like you shy away and go wait I'm already kind of up there I don't need to do these things it can only hurt me what made you go all right I'm gonna go for it uh you know I, I feel like I'm never too good to do nothing no yeah. matter like what type of status people say I have so you yeah. know I always uh just want to showcase my abilities so like you know I always stay humble and you know just always uh it's been working so yeah well you gotta you gotta feel for the 40 tomorrow like we've had a few right that have come and like chop said he was going to run four four right 
You know, you got to, I don't want to put you on the spot, but a range you think you're going to hit I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Well, I don't, wanna, I don't it. need to, like, <laughs> I'm going to run 4-4-3, four, four, but, like, you know, a general range. Probably, probably the same range of 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, That's why you're running the 40, because you yeah. know you could show out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I know the game. <laughs> hey, how surprised were you when Nick Saban decided to call it quits? We were talking to Chris Braswell earlier about it and thought get your – your reaction to it as well? Uh, you know, like when I, of, of course, when I seen the news, I was like, "Wow, like it happened." But like, uh, you know, I kind of wasn't surprised at the same time. You know, he's been coaching since before I was even born, so like, you know, uh, I kind of understood it. You know, kind of just uh, had to just soak it in and stuff. But you know, he left a legacy. You know, that will, that will never be matched at the University of Alabama, in my opinion. Did you sense anything last season, like when it happened? Like, ah, you know what? He said this and he did this. There was some little breadcrumb trail. It was nothing too crazy. But, like, it was more of, I would say probably last year it was more of, like, a player-led team, in my opinion. So, like, it was, like, a lot of the leaders stepped up and, like, held the players more accountable. So, like, he didn't really have to do it. So, like, it was really just more of a – I seen it, but I didn't at the same time. So, So like, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, you know what, maybe there was. Maybe he was kind of pulling the the, train into the station. But in the moment, I wasn't thinking of it. I wasn't expecting it. Got you. Got you. What's your best saving story? Yeah. Uh, and we want to hear it along the lines of a time that he really tore into you. Yeah, that's what we're looking the best, for. Like, he's oh, the best, like, oh, yeah, I have, a, I have, I have a very good – now you say Astro. I, I have a, <laughs> I have a big so it was uh, It was actually last season, like the first time he really, like, got on me. But, like, I, it, I knew it was all love because, like, he just – Wants the best for you. Yeah, he was kept going. So, like, we have uh, – during our warm-ups – we sprint from during our mobile warm-ups, we sprint from sideline to sideline. We like do our little jog from sideline to sideline or whatever. And so but before it was during fall camp, but before we do our warm-ups, typically we do a walkthrough. So we do a walkthrough and uh it's like a twenty five percent walkthrough with the ones and stuff. Right. But it's real jog through for real. But uh so it was a play where I messed up on. But like he knows like I don't really mess up on plays of course. So like from the walkthrough to the end of that warm up, he was giving it to me the whole time. So like for like twenty minutes straight. But, like, so he stood next to the line I was in from going back and forth. Right. And, like, every single time I passed him, he was saying something. He was still talking. Yeah, he was still talking. Uh, but, like, he waited till I passed him to say something. Oh, and then right. I, when I touched that sideline <laughs> and came back, he saying something, and then, you know, it was the same. But so like, you could barely kind of hear some of the things I he heard was everything you he was saying, though. But so like, give me, give yeah. me, what, what was it? Like, uh, I was supposed to take the back out. Right. And so, you didn't take the back out? You know you're supposed to take the back out. Like, he was just, just egging it on and on and right. on. But, like. I didn't take it personally. Like that's like, yeah, he got like, to shut the hard coaching for real. Yeah, and right. that's how you know that he really like you for real. You know when he really uh, tries to get on you the hardest because you know he, he you know he, he, the potential that you have and how good you are as a player. Yeah, so yeah. Like, he just holds you to a higher pedestal. I say that you're super freaky athlete. I know that, right? You know who who else were you the freakiest athlete on the team this year in at Alabama? No, we had a lot of freaks actually. We had uh, yeah. Let me hear him. Chris Braswell. Yeah, right. Uh, Caleb Downs. Jaheim Otis. Uh, in my opinion, it was the whole defense for real. So, so you got guys yeah, like Deontay Lawson, Jahari Campbell, Malachi Moore, both of our corners. Right. Uh, both of our safeties, uh, Caleb Downs and Jalen Key, uh, Christian Story, uh, Jamarian Latham. Uh, and we had a lot of dudes that was free that didn't play, like Keanu Coot, uh, and just a whole bunch of other guys. So, yeah. You know, it was like – it was. It was normal because we've seen it every day. Yeah, yeah, you guys are Alabama, yeah. I know. You're spoiled. You're very spoiled <laughs> that way. What? All right, so NFL, who's your idol? Who's your guy that you look at as a pass rusher? You're like, I want to be like him or, you know. Uh, honestly, I take a lot of game from a lot of different people. 
So I can't really say I model myself after one specific person. But uh, I watch a lot of guys like Daniel Hunter, Nick Bosa, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, even Will. Yeah. I watch Will a lot. Right. Um, them dudes at the Dolphins, Van Ginkle, Bradley Chubb, yeah. and Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, yeah. Uh, still watch a lot of Von Miller still. I was going to say, you have yeah. a Von Miller build. Yeah, so right? I still watch a lot of him. Yeah. Uh, it really just everybody for real. Yeah. Like, it's, it's no specific person, actually. But like, Take what you can get from yeah, anybody. Just, but I try and make it into my own way. Gotcha. You know? yeah. gotcha. What's the best advice you've gotten as you get ready to go to the NFL? Uh, actually, yesterday, Alonzo Highsmith told me, uh, be mature about your business so you can live life that uh, you want to live after. Uh, so like, yeah. it's basically like sacrifice now so you live in paradise later. Yeah. So it's in a way like, you know, you don't want to come in in the NFL and just you want to get straight, be a professional off-rip. You know, you don't want to – don't want to have any like slumps about you know people questioning how hard you work you know you just want to you got to sacrifice your time and be a professional about your business so that's good advice it is this is similar to what i kind of just told jared verse a few minutes ago right he kind of asked the same thing like don't don't have any regrets man it's a short life it's a short short. career it ain't like you're going to be a doctor and you can be 65 (laughs) and still be doing it right even if you play 15 years you're like damn that was gone like that my dad played 15 years that's how college he wanted 16 right i mean it's just the way it is so yeah, I hear you there, man. It sounds good, man. Yes, Kick sir. some ass that way. Appreciate it. Who's the guy you can't wait to just absolutely annihilate in the NFL? You want to sack him, right? Or get you know, who's the guy you're excited to see on the field on the offensive side of the ball at least? It's a couple guys that I want to hit. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. So yeah. it's uh, Pat Mahomes, of course. Right. You're he's about the fourth one we've had yeah. today. I want to say. I, I, well, this is probably my favorite quarterback, uh, but Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, I I'll, I'll, I'll probably be. You might, I'm, I'm, I'm might say, yeah, I, I might say, yeah, I might, yeah, I might be, but you know, it's just like you know, seeing him, you know, he's from the same place, yeah, Broward County, right. That's know, right. So it was just like, wow, well, I just sat with Mark Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> it'll probably be more feeling like that. Uh, it's it's Bryce for sure. Yeah, you know, I always wanted to hit Bryce. Oh, you oh, he never like, got to hit him in practice. You're like now's my <laughs> chance to get him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like it's, it. it's a whole bunch of guys though, you know. But, yeah, yeah, those yeah. are those three good ones. I like it. <laughs> How closely did you follow Bryce's rookie year? I mean, it was a little little rocky. Yeah. But uh, just knowing the person that Bryce is, you know, uh, over time, you know, it's going. It, it's, I feel like it's going to all come together for him. You know, just being there in college with him, seeing him how he works every single day. You know, he's been, in my opinion, he's been a pro since I've been there. You know, uh, always putting the extra time, extra work, and extra effort in what he does, and really just handling his business very serious and being professional off the rip, in my opinion. But you know, uh, just seeing him, uh, you know, being embarrassed by him in practice sometimes. You know, him scoring every single time in two minutes. You know, you just it's just like. It's bound for something good for having in the NFL for sure. What team did you follow as a kid? My, I had a cousin that played for the Jets when I was like from five to eight. Oh. So like it was really uh, who was it? Wallace Wright. Okay. Yeah. So I followed him a lot. And then you realized younger. the Jets weren't very good. Yeah. Okay. But like really, yeah. honestly, I was a uh, I was more, I watched more basketball than I did football growing up. I'll say oh that. really? But I, I watched a lot of college football too. So I'll say that. But yeah. All right. So six four. What'd you weigh in at? Uh, right now I'm at 248. 248. All yeah, right. right. So now. you're a little bigger than what you played at, right? No, now? I played at 255. You did? Year. Okay. Yeah, so I was actually a little so smaller. So we're ready for that 4-4 tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready for it, yeah. see? Shed a few pounds. Okay. All right. What's the biggest thing you look at in your game, right, where you just go, I need to up this area in my game for the NFL? What have you been trying to, like, work on or hone in on a little bit? Probably, uh... Tightening up on my technique a lot more, you know, yeah. and like my, my hands and striking in the run fit, and, you know, just hand placement in general and pass rush too. Right. So you know, I really just, uh, but really everything for real, of course. But you yeah. know, probably just the te- like the, the technique. Hand stuff yeah, is yeah, the yeah, yeah, a lot thing. of hand stuff for real, in my opinion. 
And uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Seems to be the number one thing the college guys talk about. Yeah. And and, and what? How does that happen? Just because through workouts you start to realize, wait, I need to do this better, or they the people start to tell you, hey, the old line's better, or whatever. I mean, honestly, like you know, you're going against guys like Trent Williams now yeah. in the NFL, and, you know, he's going to be Dawkins on and right. like just a whole bunch of grown men that's yeah. been there, done that. So like you know, you gotta. You got to be on your best game. You, yeah, know? you can't right. be the same player you was in college. You got you to gotta elevate, of course. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's just like a different type of talent level in the NFL that, you know, some of the stuff that you did in college you might get away with, but you can't get away with it in the NFL. So, yeah, you know, it's, more, it's more of an aspect like that. So. Yeah. We got the right attitude and you got the right approach. You've done great so far. We can't wait to see what you do at the next level. Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner. So much, How did buddy. you get the name Dallas from Florida? What? How did that happen? Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. But you know? I got a little right. brother named Diver. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the D in different. the cities was cool with, yeah, with mom. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I hear so, you. You know, it was a little trickle effect between me and my brothers. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Dallas needs right. a pass rusher. All the best, Dallas. Yeah, that's true. Uh, more PFT Live after this. Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. Cold and, and some windy. good stuff with Troy Vincent yeah, earlier. We did. Some good stuff. stuff. Made a little news. Yeah. Should. See if they pay attention. More news than Taylor Swift making Pop Tarts for the Chiefs offensive line, at least more relevant to the game, although we'll take Maybe whatever cool. we can get. Maybe not as cool. We'll take whatever we can get. Because that really was everywhere. Everywhere. Insane. I, you were hearing about it. My wife was sending me clips right. on the Today Show. It's on People. It's on here. It's on there. It's everywhere. And I know. I Hell, saw a bunch ESPN yesterday. ESPN even held their nose and had a story Are about it. And me? gave us credit Whoa, and named us. That, What's the world coming to? That's when you know. When ESPN starts to give anybody credit no other choice. than ESPN, you know. It's like, whoa, okay. That, was, that did move the needle a little bit. All right. We're going to give a little credit now to Connor Hughes of SNY.TV or maybe blame this was the other Mecole Hardman thing that I was talking about earlier before we had Troy Vincent. Right. Connor Hughes tweeted this last night or mm. posted it on X. Yep. This is the full post. I'm told there was validated belief from the Jets that receiver Mecole Hardman, frustrated by his lack of usage, leaked game plans to the opposition as implied by several players, most notably Sauce Gardner, today. And there was a tweet or a post from Gardner to that effect. Not just the Eagles game, also the Chiefs. Ironically, although that might not be the right usage of the word ironic, the Eagles' victory was arguably the best of the season for the Jets, while Zach Wilson enjoyed the best game of his career against the Chiefs. That's a hell of an accusation. It's incredible. I mean, incredible. We've talked about this before. I have no formal journalistic training, and it shows. But I have learned over the years there are certain things where if you're going to put that out there, you better ask the team. You better ask the player. Yeah, it's, I mean, or his representative. Where, where is it? I, that's sort of, I mean, I know we got a quote there, and we got you know somebody else that played on the team that added another quote. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what validated belief means. I have there was validated belief right, from the Jets. I right. don't know what that means. We have the Sauce Gardner tweet yeah. that I think started all this or yeah. led to this. We're not going to talk about how our offensive game plan was leaked against the Eagles, though, and that's a response to the Mecole Hardman stuff that the Jets weren't practicing and performing and acting like a championship team should do and it was viewed as sour grapes but so that Gardner tweet came after that and now after that this Connor Hughes post that 
I don't know. It just feels like leaked. I mean, that's a that, I mean, that's a leaked, big that's deal. a big Jets problem. Then that means it's like somebody. I mean, it's somebody in the offensive side of the ball for sure. I, I don't even understand. I, I mean, that that's like huge accusation, huge. And then I do have a little bit of like, wait, in the Chiefs and the Eagles game, you mean when the Jets played their best? That's when it was leaked. Like that was the best they looked all year. But just the idea that, like, and and I don't know, <clears throat> is it impossible to envision a guy being so frustrated with his lack of usage that he just says, "Screw this place, they're not getting me on the field." I'll show them. Are they I just, accusing Nicole Hardman? Yes, yes. Validated belief from the Jets that Nicole Hardman, frustrated by his lack of usage, leaked game plans of the opposition. That's what was in the post. Gosh. Now and again, if you're going to do that, you better ask Nicole Hardman and or his representatives for a chance. Give them a chance to comment. Give them a chance to say we deny it. They probably will, even if it's true. But that's just a lot to put out there on a guy well, yeah. without doing a little homework. And that's why I couched it all that way. Because once it's reported, how can you ignore that? Yeah, no, that's, and we that's said a big deal. it's not proven. It's a they career responded yet. It's a career end. As the guy's starting to become right. a free agent again, He's right? Days away from free agency. So I, I, I don't know if I totally buy this. They, they got to throw me a little bit more, you know, information or some some more substantial facts here for me. Just leaked. Like, what, how did they leak it? Did he bring it over to the Eagles or the Chiefs? Did he? Tell them, hey, we're going to throw to this guy today, or we're going to. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Here's my first base comment and thought off of this, right? Like, you don't need to have a leak to figure out the Jets' offense, all right? I mean, that, that would be my first thing. Ooh, the slam, slam, fly. I mean, come on, their offense is as basic as it could be in a lot of ways this past year. Their offensive line gave them issues. They had to go back to basics. You know, they didn't trust Zach Wilson. So this wasn't like, oh, uh, you know, uh, the Eagles defensive coaching staff and the Chiefs defensive coaching Whoa, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, come on. We talked about all year that Jets offense was one of the more ordinary offenses in football schematically for a bunch of reasons to go into that. Here's the bigger issue, though. Yeah. And it speaks to something that I bang the drum about from time to time. Yeah. It just shows you how easy it is for someone to give inside information to anybody for whatever reason. Right. I'm acting on a vendetta against the Jets because they're not using me, so I'm going to tell my old friends from the Chiefs what they're going to do. Or maybe I'm going to make a little money on the side, and I'm going to tell somebody who wants to know, hey, this prop bet over under rushing yards, should I take the over or the under based upon the game plan for this week? Who's the receiver that's going to be featured? What are we doing here? What's the you know? There's a lot of stuff that if a player is so motivated to ignore the things that we just assume that we take for granted are part of the football code, you. Yeah. you can have a big problem Ooh. in the NFL. That's, I mean, that, that's a rare one there. I mean, I, I, you know, that, that's a, like, I've never heard that type of accusation. Those are strong words, strong comments. They better show me some more info before I start to dive into this anymore. But think uh, about the and, way. And, again, it shows you, too, hey, inside info, blah, blah, blah. You think you're, oh, hey, I'm going to. What, what, I'm going to get money off the Eagles and Chiefs game? Well, he would have lost both of those. He would have lost money on both of those, even if he tried to right. set it up or do that. But he's just he's trying to help us. Yeah. He's, up, he's pissed you. off, and this is yeah, the way he's acting out. I know. That's the idea. He's I upset, know. so he's got friends on the Eagles, apparently, that he's talking to. He's got friends on the Chiefs he's talking to. That's the way it's couched. Right. But I read North Dallas 40 recently, and mm. it's something you should read. There were a couple of lines in there that made me think of you. <laughs> and there, the, the themes and the ideas and the concepts are still resonating sure, today sure and 
one of the realities because the main character is a backup receiver who's trying to get onto the field and he's better than the guy that's yeah. playing, but it's political. Yeah, right. The coach is keeping him down because right. he's a hippie and he smokes weed. Yeah, and, you know. right. So I've seen the movie. <laughs> so um, he he finds himself rooting against the team. Yeah. When the guy ahead of him on the depth chart is playing because right. he knows if they struggle and they fall behind, they'll sure. turn to him because he's better. Right. So you get all sorts of weird human emotions that come up that – You've got the team concept. You've got me. I want to play. I want a chance to play. Yeah, it's real So I'm dynamic. rooting against the yeah. offense. I'm secretly rooting against the offense yeah. so I can play. Right. So you never know what's going to motivate a guy to do what he does. No. I, I, I hear you. Listen, it is a, it's a hard part of the game. There is some of that going on, right? I mean, I definitely had some thoughts like that in my career as a backup. I'm not going to lie. Right, I remember sitting there. I was playing in the Denver Broncos on a backup to Kyle Orton. Right, and we were they were it was the year the you know Broncos. We started out six and zero. Kyle was not really playing well. Right, we kept winning these damn games. I'm like, damn, if we just lost one of these freaking games here, they're gonna See? make me the guy. See, you right? should have leaked the game but plan. I, apparently, I mean, I guess so. That's what I done. But I remember. I, you might remember this. We beat the Cowboys. Right. And, you know, like I said, Orton was still getting used to the offense. He wasn't playing very good, but we were winning the game. He throws a jump ball to Brandon Marshall, and you might remember this. He catches it. I mean, he breaks like 20 tackles and runs in for like the game-winning touchdown. I mean, it's like it was like a Madden play, a video game. You were like, what? Was that real? Right? But later on, he comes over to my house that night, and I'm like, man – if you don't do that, I'm starting next week. <laughs> You're starting next week. You fart freaking Brandon oh, Marshall. Yeah, I know, oh. like, because you know me. I threw out swears yeah, to him oh, and all yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. listen, there is that right there. But at the same time, even though I wanted to play, and maybe I was a little like, ah, you know, I wish Orton would throw an interception here so I can get in the game. Gosh, I love so many other guys on the team, my coaches, all that. I didn't want us to lose. I right. didn't want that. I really didn't. I, I, I say that all. Like, I was a. I love Josh McDaniels. I, you know, I love Brandon Marshall. You know, I like Kyle Orton in a lot of ways. I really did. I just wanted to play. Right. So there is a. It's a weird mental struggle, especially at the quarterback position. If you're really talented, or maybe in a receiver, and you're really talented, and you know you can't get on the field, it's tough. If you believe you're better than the guy that's ahead of you right. and you're not getting opportunities yeah. and there's political stuff happening, sure. it's human nature to start thinking about stuff. And the question is, do you act on it? Then it becomes a character issue. Yeah. The, the idea pops into your head. That's natural. Acting on it is it's unnatural. It goes against right. your character if that's you have right. good character. And that's why for this, I'd like to hear from Hardman. I'd like to hear from his agent. I'd like to hear from the Jets. But this is what Connor Hughes. I would think we're going to hear from there. Hardman here. In so the they, next you can't hours, right? stand yeah. silent right. after something like this is put out there. Next, Zach Wilson, Jets quarterback, was granted permission to seek a trade. Okay, <laughs> who's going to trade for him? Exactly. His salary is guaranteed this year. They're stuck. They're going to have to cut him. Right. And they're going to have to eat the difference. And if anybody even, I'm sure somebody would sign him to a minimum salary I, type of a contract, sure. right. but they're not going to trade that that contract. No way. Like, uh, like seek a trade. Like, nobody's trading for Zach Wilson. That's not going to happen right now. Now, I think, yeah, more along the lines of what you said. It's a done marriage. Hey, he can sit there and gauge interest and all that. But I think at the end of the day, you're right. He's going to get cut. No, I don't think anybody's even going to really bring in Zach Wilson to be a backup quarterback. Back, Zach Wilson is going to be a rebuild, a reconstruct. Let's make him a third stringer. We know he's got some physical talent. Let's see if we can teach him to play the game and some of the other nuances you need to play quarterback. Right? I could see him being in 
A place like Kansas City is a third stringer. That was a thought Sean we had Payton last year. Sean Payton a third stringer. Yeah. They'll kind of, that's the kind of guy they'll take a flyer on. They'll go, damn, there's some talent there. With my coaching, I'll give him my offense. I get on his mechanics a little. I can maybe have something a few years down the road. That's where I kind of see it going for Zach Wilson. I could see Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, relishing the opportunity to, to turn Zach right. Wilson around. Right. Because you see the talent. It's the Bill Walsh thing. Yeah. I see him do it yeah. one time. I can coach him to do it That's right. all the time. Right. And we know that there's something there with Zach Wilson and other things have kept him from being what we have seen glimpses of on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. There, there is some big-time talent. It's a tough situation he was in. We know that team wasn't very good around him. I think a lot of people saw that finally this year. Uh, but, yeah, I, it is that kind of guy. It's that kind of guy that's going to go, wait, he could be great backup for us if maybe one day he end up, if my starter gets hurt, he can come in and be great. Or, hey, I can build him up to where he's such a good backup, he's so good in the preseason and things like that, where this is Andy Reid has specialized this, where, wait, I, I got enough quarterbacks here, and then become trade bait to help out their roster. So there's a lot of ways this goes here. But, yeah, trading Zach Wilson, I don't think that happens by any – Stretch of the imagination, or what, what do I want to say? Any, Any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so. You were there. You were there. Don't, don't, don't give up. Once you're committed, <laughs> see it through, and then I, we'll decide on the back end where you're going to Usually I see it through. I don't know why that time it just didn't sound right. But yeah, He's so. due to make $5.4 million this year, fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get rid of that. No five. They're not dumping that $5.4 million. And his cap number this year is $11.1 million. Wow. Because he's got the leftover. So yeah. It was his second overall pick. That's right. Even though the second overall pick doesn't get the kind of money the second overall pick got pre-2011, it's still a pretty big contract. It was four years, $35 million for Zach Wilson, and they clearly didn't get the yeah, return. I mean, hey, $11 million in dead money, that's two or three players on your roster. That you know might be backups, quality special teams guys, and now you'll lose that. That's where it's tough. The NFLPA has, has a new tradition, a tradition unlike any other. Kind of cool. I, and I like it. I know you do. I like it. Yeah, I Because do too. it's a way to hold teams accountable. I've seen some people criticize it like, you know, in lieu of making actual progress for the players, they're doing this and they're acting like it's a big deal. It is a big deal because what they're doing is they're getting input from the players about very specific categories yeah. for teams, for owners, for everything. Yeah. And – we say this time and again, there's no way to hold owners accountable unless they cross a line that causes an investigation that finds sufficient evidence that they push a guy out like Dan Snyder. You can be the worst owner in the NFL and you're still getting as much money from the broadcasting contracts as anyone else. You're still making a profit. People are still coming to your games. I love the idea that that they are holding these teams accountable. And the teams that are getting bad marks owe it to themselves to look in the mirror and figure out what we're doing wrong. The idea that the – and this is the one that is amazing to me, that the Chiefs are 31st among all teams right. and Clark Hunt is 32nd. And the big reason is yeah. promises made, promises not kept. Right. Locker room, facility, right? That was the big thing. Uh, what was it? They, you know, they they were weird. Stools the instead had like of chairs, some great just, grades, but then they, they they had other grades that were so low. But it makes me wonder what would they be without Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, you take Reid and Mahomes out of the equation, how do you hold this team together? There's the Chiefs report card: ownership F minus, the Bart Simpson F minus, head coach A plus. Ownership F minus. Team travel, they don't like that with a D because they're probably on a crappy plane, don't have enough seats for some of the big guys, don't have extra seats, right? I think that was also shocking to me. The training room, 
right? The weight room, all the little nuances, the nutrition stuff, all of that. They got killed. F. There. F. That's where I was F. shocked. I mean, you're getting real. held back, right? With that report card. Yeah, you are. Does that look familiar to you? No. Does that? Are no, you sure? I had good grades, you asshole. Okay, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I just want to make sure you're not having flashbacks when you see that. Uh, but, but, you know, I. What a contrast, though. The Steelers had the it's same rare thing. To see this. A for Mike Tomlin, F for Art Rooney. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you have owners who are a little detached. They're old school. Aloof. Right? Right. Don't want to get too close to the players. Right. Don't want to invest certain money that they think like, wait, Bradshaw and Jack Hammond, they were okay in 1974, so why aren't we good here? Well, because it's 50 years later and the world's changed. Right? Yeah. We don't want to sit on stools anymore. You're making $190 billion a year, right? We don't want a wooden stool when we're sitting there, you know, naked in the locker room. Free it's cigarettes like at halftime, though. Right. I mean, but the, those little things, again, are they're so important to the modern-day athlete, and they should be. I mean, we know this. It doesn't matter what sport it is, track and field, football, basketball, baseball. I'm watching a video of LeBron James working out with Miles Garrett the other day. I mean, again, it's, these guys are obsessed, so they know what's right for them. The nutrition, the training, all of that stuff. And obviously there is a, a disconnect there in Kansas City. It's rare to see a team of that stature have that grade. That, that's where I'm, I'm, I was shocked to see that. Well, I was on radio in Chicago yesterday, and they pointed out, if you watch the quarterback series on Netflix, like all the stuff Patrick Mahomes does on his own dime yeah. away from the yeah, facility. Right, right. And implicit in that is there isn't sufficient facilities yeah, there right. for him to get Stay what he there needs. there and do it. Right, right. And, and really – and this speaks to something that I've said time and again. Patrick Mahomes has value to the team that he will never get and value to the game, to the league. that he Like, he is, when you look at what he means to the Chiefs and what he means to the NFL right now, you could triple his pay and it would still fall short of what he means to the NFL. Yeah. And if they didn't have him and if they didn't have Andy Reid and this whole Andy Reid thing, and I... He was here with us the other day, and we didn't want to ask him tough questions. I didn't want to get into the whole retirement thing. Yeah, right. right? And I've tried to make it clear that what I heard is the Chiefs were concerned about the possibility that he would, and they were thinking about who would come next. When you're only paying the guy $12 million, how can you not think, like, I'm not going to go to a different team, but I'll just stop. It's not worth You're going to pay me half of what Bill Belichick made? Look yeah. at what we're doing right, here. Right. And when you see this, this is – you print that off and laminate it if you represent Andy Reid. Hey, hey, Clark, my guy that you're only paying $12 million to per year is keeping you from being a laughingstock. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's your sword and shield. And, I mean, yeah, you're getting all these playoff checks and playoff money. And, yeah, like you said, it's Mahomes, the Chiefs. They're by far the hottest team in American sports. I mean, kids, women because of Taylor Swift, all of it. They're killing it. They know they're killing it. I think that probably adds to them writing it down and going, hmm, uh, screw them, F minus, right? Yeah. We're killing it out here. And we and can't get this. And we, we can't, can't get, get this. That. And our, you know, our cafeteria sucks. And we're, we're two people short on the weight room staff to where I want to do something on the other side of the weight room. But we only got two or three guys in here. And they're working with the O-line and Dean linemen. And so I'm over here with the quarterback and receiver. We'd like a spotter or somebody to help us. But damn, you know, the Hunt family, you know, cheaped out on getting 
two more strength coaches, and that's the crap that will drive players crazy, especially professionals like them. Like, two ways, yeah. generally. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are other possibilities, but I see two primary ways that an owner could respond to this. Yeah. Oh, it's just sour grapes. Oh, it's just a few loud voices. Oh, well, they'll never make them happy. Or, man, I got a problem. I got a problem, and I got to fix it. See, the, if they were that way, they wouldn't have gotten enough in the first place. That's the thing. It's a product of a mindset that would be inclined to say they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, right. They're just – they're never going to be happy. Yeah. They're always going to complain about something. Right. Hey, you got an F, baby. Yeah. You better do something about it. If right. you care about that, that's why I think this is a great thing that the NFLPA is doing. It is giving the players a voice, and it is holding owners accountable yep. when there is never a way to hold them truly accountable. You still can't fire them, but, man, you can put an F on them. You can put an F minus on them, and that's an embarrassment to Clark Hunt. So you're, you're yeah, I mean it is, it is, and it, it, it's, he can say whatever he wants no, to the, himself or anyone else. That is an embarrassment for Clark Hunt. The pressure's on him for sure now, right, right. And uh, you know he, he's an owner, I believe, that is not always there in the facility. Right, he lives in Dallas, Texas, for most of the week, and then you know I know he's there at times and whatever else. But yeah, they put him on notice. There's no doubt about it. And hey, having been in the Kansas City Chiefs facility. A few times over the last few years, yeah. I mean, it's not up to par with some of the good ones. It's it's not what you would expect. And of course, they're not. They don't have some great huge stadium. They're still old stadium. All of that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think this is one where Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, the players here, they're they're going to spark a fire under the Hunt family here. And I would be shocked if he doesn't try to address this. We'll see. We'll find out next year. What were the other? What was the? Who got the best grades? It was the, the, the Vikings and the Dolphins. Right. Steven Ross got an A. Well, he doesn't seem like he's scared to spend money. You know, that's the, again. Maybe doing that waddle is enough. Getting a little cutaway. Well, waddle. Him doing that, that he's awkward. Given, he's giving stars money. So they're in the locker room going, oh, I like the Look owner. Look at that. Look right? at this. Yeah. You know, I think he's got a head coach who is cutting edge in a lot of these areas, too, that's probably pushing him that way. But I think one of the biggest things is, yeah, I mean, you know, the coach sets the aura in the facility, and then if there's the other things to match it, the players, you know, will be extremely happy. That, that, that gives me flashbacks. That, that gives you flashbacks? Yeah. 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 yeah that, I would expect yours to look like that, yeah. Mr. Carnegie and Mellon. Yeah. Mine didn't quite look like that. I had a few <laughs> years that looked like that. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Right? Mine did not look like that at Carnegie Mellon. Oh, well, at least yeah, not for I, the first I, couple yeah. of years. It was a yeah. rude awakening. I say this all the time. Right. 18, 19 is the worst age to expect a human being to take studies seriously. Definitely. And I was I was like militant against it. Like I refused Friday, Friday and Saturday is my time. Yeah, right. And then right. you get the report card. It's like. Damn. Why do I have a... I got to cut into my time a little bit. Why do I have a 2-8? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I hear you. Let's take a break. Connor Rogers joins us next here Whoa. from Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. Connor we'll Rogers. be right back. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The last one from Greg Jackson, or according to Pete, could be Florio. My wish is for Sims to work a full week on oh, the Oh, how dare you? Well, pay me that extra day, Greg. <laughs> Greg will get you, you know, I'll work that extra day. You f- pay it for me, man. What happened? You actually took a Come day on. off? Well, no, like, you know, this time of the oh. year I go four days a yes. week. You right? don't do the Fridays. Right. Right, yes, so yes. we have four days, you know, four days. This week I'll go Tuesday through Friday. I didn't do today. Well, you also do uh, Sunday Night Football. I, well, so you do yeah. work a full week. I, well, during the season. But this yes. time of the year I don't. They got a little graphic they play on the show with me and oh. the, the hammock and a pina colada and hanging out, living the good personal. life. Right. But I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see if cheap-ass Florio will pay me that extra day. I'm down, but Florio's cheap. He's cheap, so I don't know if that's going to happen. See, I should be upset that you would say something like that behind my back, but the reality is you say it to my face. I do the same thing. If you're not around and I'm talking about you, it's like I'm saying exactly what he would say if he was here, so I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I know. I mean, we spend too much time together to have secrets from each other. I mean, damn, we're texting all the time. We're on TV talking all the time. Like, it's he's he's my work wife. Yeah, 100%. my work wife. I feel like I don't see you guys apart very often at this point. <laughs> that was painful. Does he do that Call to you, Connor? HR. Connor Rogers is here. I don't get Connor no. as much, but Chris, Connor's got muscles, Chris so I don't too nice. Them. Chris is too nice to me. Just I do all my stuff from Barry, and Chris knows that, so he gives me a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. He's got this thing where he will clamp his leg. I don't want to encourage you to do yeah. it. I don't yeah. need a demonstration. <laughs> But he clamps his hand onto your leg and squeezes, and that the Vulcan hurt. Death that rate. actually hurts. Right. That that <laughs> actually causes a reaction of pain in my body. All right, so uh, draft expert right here. All right, man. well let's hear about I mean, it. Let's this go. My, this is my Hot guy. Seat. You know let's we go. go way back here. So yeah, let's let's pick his brain a little bit. He's How been far helping back me. Do you go? Well, he worked a Bleacher Report. With, my first with, job. First wow. job. My first ever. real job. He was just some little yep. like nerd in the room, like always. typing stuff. And then would, he was always inquisitive. And knock on the glass and be like, "Hey, Chris, here's ten ideas, ten numbers, yeah, whatever you want." And yeah, he I learned. Great. I learned a lot from this guy I when I was twenty-two. Tell he was all in. Yep. All right, so I'm not shocked it. to see him here at the table with us. So he came to NBC knowing you were here despite having experience with you in the past. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know how I feel well, about that. Well, yeah, maybe he didn't have a lot of work options, <laughs> so he was just like, i got to come here and deal with Sims. All right, so let's talk about the draft then. Yeah. we we got to fill in the blank. We'll start with this. Player I'm most – or players I'm most excited to see work out here are who? I think two wide receivers and Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU and Troy mm. Franklin from Oregon because right. all we do when we're here is hear Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not going to do anything. He doesn't yeah. have to. Malik right. Neighbors, Roma Dunze, right? Right. These two guys should go in the first round. Yeah. And I think their landing spots are more exciting, like a Buffalo, like a Kansas City, yeah. where the impact could be insane. They're both tall, but they're both going to run in the four threes. They're going to jump through the roof. They're going mean, to run like that? The I kid, think LSU so. kid, Thomas, is going to run 4-3. I think so. I mean, this is a dude, I was telling you, Chris, yeah. he was the player of his state championship basketball game. Right. So this is a different athlete, really different. He's not getting the same attention because he was in the offense with Malik Neighbors, with Jaden Daniels, 
But he's, I mean, he I, looks the I part. call him I special. Mean, yeah. I really think they left yards on the field for him because he'd get so open right. that he'd have to kind of turn around and wait gotcha. for the ball a little right. bit. And then Franklin, I mean, Bo Nix was a good quarterback in college, and Franklin was the dude in that offense. But right. I feel like not enough people watch Oregon. Yeah. Enough, he's been really good for two years. These are legit burners. Franklin reminds me of Will Fuller, almost a clone. Okay. But he, I think he can carry a little bit more weight in the future. Okay, thinner yeah. frame, yep. that type of guy. Yep. Uh, so your guy, Brian Thomas, though, I mean, that if he runs a 4-3, I, I know everyone's kind of got him in the late first round. It kind of feels like Top that'll, 15. That, that'll change I really the think game, so. right? I think if Jacksonville loses Calvin Ridley, that's the guy I take. I sprint the card in. Okay, one other thing here, too, that I want to ask you about, because you brought up the name, and I just something, again, I'm not dive, diving in here yet, but the Romeo Odunze, right? I, I, I did a Washington game I announced against yeah. uh, earlier this year against Michigan State. I saw him in person. He's a damn good player. Yep. Is he explosive enough to be a top 10 pick? That, that would be my one question off of TV scouting and things like that. Like, what's he? Because right now, he's going six. He's going yeah, five. Yeah, it's too rich. It's a little rich And I'm for like, me. that's only for special, special yes. receivers. And I don't know if I see that. He doesn't run away from people like Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors do, right? That's the difference. And everybody's going to tell you about his high school track background, and he's going to test well here. But on the field, yes. in the pack, he doesn't run away from guys like those other guys okay, do. Okay, yeah, that's a, that where he, like it. He's going to have to win in contested catch situations. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to win with a little bit more Route nuance. running. Yes, right. uh, insanely hard worker. Worked out with the Washington basketball team in the offseason yep. to work on that above-the-rim ability. Right. But I, he, there's a tier there. There's a gap there. Okay. I have him more in the 10 to 15 range, while Malik and Marv, no-brainer top five, borderline top three players in this draft. Gotcha. Okay. You know, when you talk about these receivers, Connor, it reminds me of just this dynamic I think we're still working through where receiver is kind of becoming like running back, yeah. where it's going to be harder for receivers who have experience to get compensated properly. You're going to have a small group that do, and then the rest of them, hey, why are we going to pay this guy $15, $20 million a year when we can just go draft? Because every year, every year, just like with running backs, every year there's guys that are coming in yeah. that can get it done. And Minnesota really got my brain spinning on this one. When they were willing to trade digs, and yes, this is a rare example, but then they draft Justin Jefferson. And you're, that's not, you know, you can't repeat that. No, it's hard. But I look at the well, Bengals. Like the Titans right. tried to do it. Yes, with yeah, that's Brown a good failure example. Perfect, right? Right? Perfect Connor, failure This is one of the reasons why I think the Vikings, even though Kevin O'Connell says they're not thinking about it, they got Jordan Addison right. last year. So you could move on from a Justin Jefferson, in theory, if you're, if you're valuing the quarterback position is something where it's more rare and more difficult to get a great player. Right. Well, Look, one, yeah. more, uh, one more thing I yeah. want to hit on with the receivers. Well, why isn't the kid from Michigan, all right, and I, Jerome Odunze, I'm sorry I, I said that wrong, but why isn't Roman Wilson, that's why I got it wrong there, why is he not? It's coming. It's coming. It started at the Senior Bowl. I mean, okay. it really started when he won a national title. Well, I mean, and yeah, was that you're guy. seeing him against the elite teams, and you're yep. going, he getting open against everybody. I what? think it's size. Right. I think this is a big wide receiver class. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of six foot three, six foot four ish, but another dude that can run away from people. The one handed catches, really explosive. He was the only guy at the Senior Bowl that could beat Quinion Mitchell, mm. who's going to be a top twenty pick as a corner. Right. So that jumped out to me right away. It's, he's the Toledo guy. Who's yeah, Quinion Mitchell? Toledo. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So right. Roman Wilson, I think he's going in the second round when everyone thought fourth to fifth. He's had that kind of year. I, I would see that for sure. All right, next up, the film I've enjoyed watching most during draft prep is who? A guy you guys got to talk to, Leatu Latu. You just don't see a college pass rusher that complete. He can right. counter. He's got all these different moves. He'll try spin, cross chop. Right. You, you know, you hear him talk. He's a really smart dude. And 
the adversity he dealt with. I mean, medically retired from Washington, so yeah. had to restart his football life. And he plays like that. He plays like this is my last snap of football. That's what you saying it's yesterday? A, it's 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 evident on the film. Right. And then another defender, Tavondre Sweat, because mm. they just don't make you know three hundred eighty pound humans that can. He can stop the run. He could two gap. He could sit in the middle. But, but he, he can, can push, he can push the, push pocket. the pocket, right. I mean, and I asked him yesterday. I'm like, what was the deal with the jump and pass rush ability? I was like, I knew you could always stop the run. You go from three sacks to eight sacks. Right. You go to the Senior Bowl. He's forklifting people in one on ones. He's like less school. He's like, I was interning this year. He's right. like, I'd been at te- this was his fifth year at Texas. He's like, I had less to worry about with school. I was focused on my internship, and I was basically playing football most mm, of the time. That's right. And, I mean, it's real. Yeah. The, the ability with his hands, his why strength. why guys get better in the NFL. Right. And right. he said this to me. He was like, I cannot wait to get to the NFL to just be playing football because I got so much better this year when that started. We see guys like this get undervalued, I think, every year, right? I kind of talked to him about this on Monday. These The Vita Veyas, right? Some of these guys, the Jordan you Davis. Dexter Lawrence, Dexter too. Lawrence, right? Oh, you know, they're so big, but there's no pass rush value. And then you go, wait, Dexter Lawrence is like one of the best pass rushers in football <laughs> right. last year. I mean, period. I mean, so I always feel like people miss on that a little bit just because it's not sexy and athletic in quite the same way. But in the NFL, man, there's value. Is there any – let me hear you. You know me. I love kamikaze. You know, right last year you told me you were like – you're going to love watching Devin Witherspoon. You know what I yep. like. I like psychos in a good way that I'll do whatever and just fly around. Is there anybody that, you know, is maybe raw, maybe not getting the attention, but you go, wait, he's got some freaky traits and it's kind of fun to watch the film? I think Edron Cooper, the linebacker from Texas A&M, okay. he's a dude that he's obsessed with Fred Warner and because that's his game. You can kick him out to the slot, overhang, play him in the middle, sideline to sideline. Right. He just wants to be that positionless kind of player, but he's built like a linebacker. Yeah, gotcha. I talked to him yesterday. I mean, he hunts boar like a real country guy. Right. He's all about football. He's right. a really exciting dude. But with guys like that, the instincts are catching up, and they are. They're getting a lot better. But if you go to a scheme, you think Jets, 49ers, yeah. Houston Texans. Simple, just attack run the and ball. chase, right. be an no. athlete. Right. He's that kind of kamikaze. Gotcha. gotcha. Players that should be getting more buzz are... Ooh, that's a really good one. I think Ricky Pearsall from Florida, another mm. wide receiver. I know we're hammering the wide receivers here, but that's a guy that gets lost in the class, right? Because Definitely. there's I mean, too just many freaks. Watching TV this yeah. year, I was like, damn, number three on right. Florida is good. Six one one ninety, so right. nothing special. But when you can get open, great release package, good speed, and everyone's looking at him and going, okay, average size. I, I think he's going to jump through the roof here. I think he's going to run four four. I mean, he's somebody that could play inside, outside. I didn't think Florida's passing offense while he was there was anything Nothing special. special. Nothing Even with Anthony Richardson, right. they could really run the ball and pick their spots throwing. Nobody could cover him at the Senior Bowl. He catches legitimately everything. I think he was just as good as Roman Wilson that week. Right. This dude is a really good player. I'd take him in the second round. I'm hearing he's going to go in the fourth. I think that's going to correct itself yeah. after this week. Uh, How to hard your point. is it to project, yeah. though? When I think back all the way to Desmond Howard, yeah. who gets the NFL. Oh, can't get off the line of scrimmage. Like, these guys who can get open on a consistent basis at the college level, yeah. all of a sudden, Jerry Sneed is right. giving the Tyreek Hill treatment, jamming sure. him into the ground. Like, we just don't know until they get there and have to deal with that. Right, right? and that's where you start to value, who do I need to give a free release to? I mean, that's on the offensive coaching, and who can go out there and just be that guy? Yeah. And it makes the people like that so much more valuable. 
Like I, if I play Marvin Harrison on the outside against Bilagerius, needs of the right. world. Well, he's six foot four. He's strong. He runs perfect routes. He tracks the ball. Yeah, he's going to win. It's going to be risky for Bilagerius to go crazy. Right, right. But if I throw yeah. the typical slot player out there, yeah. it's, it's, when the hands are on him for the first time, they're yeah. like, "Whoa, this is a different game." Right. That's where you start to value guys you take in the first round and guys that you're going to have to scheme around in this. Exactly on day right. Two. Yeah. yeah. Find bunches. Find right. stacks. Help right. those guys. Everything out. McDaniel does. But, but the guys you're talking about, right? Like the guys you're going that are special. Yeah, they don't need that. You know, they don't. And you'll be, you can see that. And the biggest thing is predicated on one thing. We kind of had this conversation on Monday, too. Can you scare the shit out of the DB to right. make him think I'm going for 70 over yeah. the top, right? Yeah. You know, we talk about Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase, and Tyree Kill, which to me is, and A.J. Brown, I would say, are my four favorite receivers, best receivers in football. And the biggest thing is the nine route, the go route. They scare everybody. So it leaves everything else open. Uh, and uh, that, that's what a lot of the talent's predicated on. And, wait, I was going to make the point. I mean, to your, he says the draft is deep at receiver, right? To what you're saying, I mean, I, I, I'm with you in the thought that the value of the receiver can fall here. Uh, right. I have 14 in the top 75. Right. right. It's a, and I was actually I was telling you, Chris, when I did that, I'm like, all right, let's go through this again. That's too heavy. Yeah. And then you start to talk to other guys that do this, and they're just running into the same exact thing. Right. So this is a – Product of the seven-on-seven era, yep. all these freak shows at wide receiver, they are pretty pro-ready because all they do is play football, it feels and like. Throw. And it's throw. And throw the ball. Nobody runs the damn ball. So now ball. you have a surplus of wide receivers right. where everybody's screaming for us to get some offensive line help in this league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seven-on-seven seven thing is huge. That was when we first kind of detected several years ago this yeah. influx of guys who are ready to go right out of the gates. All those quarterbacks throwing, somebody's catching. High right, schools so. are having spring practice now. It's all helped out, the quarterback-receiver combo. Next up, there will be blank Ooh. quarterbacks taking Ooh. it in round one. I'd set it at four and a half. I'll tell you right now, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, and J.J. McCarthy, they're gone. They're locked in. It's a matter of where they go. I think all of them go in the top 15. The two variables are Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Panic's here with the medical, going to be a big deal. Right. And then with Bo, I think it's just how do you value that kind of player that isn't as physically gifted as a lot of these guys, right. but was the best against pressure. Yeah. Got a lot better throughout his time at Oregon. Definitely did. Really improved. ran a flawless offense. Yeah. Um, and he'll do really well with the board work and everything here, so you don't worry about that. So how do you value that yeah. kind of player? Did one of those two sneak into the late first round. Right. I would that? say one does. Right. We don't know which one. So right. I'd say five quarterbacks in the first round, which is a lot. That is a lot. And you think J.J. McCarthy is going to be a top 15? I do. That, of... You have that slate where Denver, Minnesota, and the Raiders are all together. Right. It just feels like somebody in that cluster goes, okay, we'll, we'll, might, we might sit him. Yeah. We should sit him. Right. But we're going to take him here because this is our shot. What do you think McCarthy's going to weigh in at? I'm hoping he's at least 210. Right. He played at 195. It, it looked like He's it. slender. He's I know. tall. Uh, yeah. He can carry the weight. Yeah. But, I mean, and you see he's, how these guys yeah. put on weight. But yeah, he's a young kid still. I'd you say know, 210. I, I met him during, early in the year. He's a young kid, right? It's like he, he right. just hit puberty a few weeks ago. It feels like. Hey, your and guy I mean, Jim yeah. Harbaugh says he's the – the top quarterback. He also wrote the check that well, he's going first overall when it's all said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I right, think right. that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I don't point. think that's it's happening. It's a long odds. It's not going to happen. But he, he's an athlete. I think we both think he could probably run high four, five-ish. If, yeah, he can right? fly. He yeah. can run. And then his arm, right, watching him Sunday afternoon, he can throw. I mean, he can throw it. He really can. His motion gets a little long at times, but the arm power is worthy of a first-round pick. That is for sure. Aside from quarterback's position group that's strongest in the draft is, you've already said receiver, give right. me another one. I think the offensive line is deep, which mm. is great. And it's, it's not just the tackles. We'll have about five to six go in the first round. 
you got a great center class. You got three mm. centers that are going in the top 45 easily. Easily. They could even go earlier than that. And then you got the flex guys. They could play guard. Could they got the guard tackle, body. Sure, they right. got the feet to play tackle. Right. There's a ton of guys like that. Troy Fontenot from Washington's a top 20 player. Yeah. But he's got the, not the arms, but the body of a guard. He really yeah. knows how to drop his hips, right. unlock that hip power. So I would say the offensive line class is really deep, and you got the Guys that have played a lot of football, the guys that haven't but have all world traits. Tyler Guyton, one year starter from yeah. Oklahoma, he's going to go in the first round. Right. This is a, this is a talented offensive line class, and the league absolutely needed it. Well, how about DBs? Is there depth there? Corner, corner, corner. not corner. safety. Yeah, At corner. There's depth. Damn, it, safety is a few years here. It's just. Not it, a ton of guys. It feels like the guys that get thrown to safety were guys they just didn't trust their speed at corner. Yeah. And then you go to the, and they're not being asked to do anything special. Right. They're either living in the box or they're sitting in a two shell. The day of. You know, hey, we play you single high 70% of the time. you got to read sideline to sideline. Yeah. You don't see college kids asked to do that right, anymore. Right, So you think corner's got some depth, but I, maybe not the high-end guys that are we've One seen. or two could sneak into that top 20. You're right. Mitchell from Toledo, right. Tyron Arnold from Alabama, right. Nate Wiggins from Clemson. But picks 20 through 40, I mean, we'll get seven corners taken. Which one of, like, again, you're, you're so into this, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to, like, receiver, DB, running back, Who's gonna like? Who's the guy out there right now that's like, watch out when he runs the forty? He has a chance to do four two, right? Ooh. Is there a guy that's got that buzz this year? I haven't seen it from a running back. Right from corner, they're gonna fly. Yeah, Mitchell from Toledo, they're saying four threes, which yeah. is wild at six feet, two hundred five right. pounds. Right, Wiggins from Clemson, six two. I think he runs in the four threes. Right, and then you get into the guys that Cooper DeGene from Iowa would have would have ran really well. He's still hurt, so he's coming back from that. We'll see what Teron Arnold from Alabama can run. It's going to be a really fast corner class. I think out of the only guy that's going to go four twos that I feel good about is Anthony Gould uh, from Oregon. So he's a returner. Okay, okay. But I mean, you're thinking four two eight. Okay. Kind of. Nobody's going to challenge CJ two K or John Ross. I'll you go don't back think. to Troy Franklin from Oregon. Okay. I really think four two nine, four two eight's in play for a okay. six foot three wide receiver. That's a different. I mean, hey, listen, yeah. four two and four three. There's a difference there. That, yes. That, that, that's th- rare, rare, I mean, rare. This dude, right. it's like he's got a cape on yeah, when he runs. You. Last gotcha. one. Team that will be most aggressive during the draft is, in if, your opinion, who? If they're allowed to be, and not by their own team, but somebody actually answers the phone, the Raiders, mm. they, they want a quarterback. They want a guy. But it's a reality that the Bears aren't going to move. I don't. Right. The, Washington's not going to move. Mm-hmm. New owner, he's here at the quarterback interviews. They, they're going to take a guy. Will New England move? If New England answers the phone, the Raiders, to me, would be the team that says, here's three ones. We yeah. don't care. Right. We need our guy. you got to realize what Antonio Pierce Coached Jaden Daniels in high school. Yeah. Recruited Jaden Daniels to Arizona State. Right. Jaden Daniels is there at three, and that relationship is yeah. still what we think it is. Right. Why not sell the house for the future of your franchise? That, that was one Pierce, of those, missing Pierce that. said earlier this week yeah. that they don't want a Band-Aid solution. They, they want, want to draft a guy. A guy. Yeah. They want a proven winner. I mean, he was going on and on. Like, too many boxes to check. Right. Well, that was the mistake we, we thought McDaniels made, right? Josh McDaniels. That was one of my things. They, gave, they should have traded up for the quarterback last right. year. That was right. And, you know, I've heard things there that you know, the front office didn't want to make the move. The coaches were kind of like, no, we want to move up to get one of no, these they quarterbacks. they thought they could make C.J. Stroud slide. So, uh, maybe that's yeah, too. Possibly. I know, right. Possibly. Right. Yeah, kind of shocking, though. But, yeah, they do need to make a, an aggressive move. I hear you there. I think he's aware of the shelf life of coaches and GMs in the NFL. Just sell the picks and get a guy, and we go out swinging. Yeah. He has that awareness. Yeah. And played in the league. Right. These other guys, they kind of – even the Bears have done it. They've really tiptoed around that situation. Definitely. But eventually, you got to take the swing. Yeah, well, they're about to swing. They, you have to. They're, they're, you got to go up there and swing They're about to swing and yeah. tell us all that they're drafting yes. Caleb Williams right. at one. Yep. Connor, great stuff. 
Thanks so much nice for having jacket. me. Nice jacket. Can't hide money. It. Whoa. <laughs> uh, he's styling, man. He's, style. he's so cool. We can't mess with Connor. <laughs> we'll be back to wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. By noon. By the time we finish and go back. Are we back? We are back. I can't hear Connecticut, but we're back. Pete says we're back, so we're back. I have a thought on something that occurred to me while we were talking about the receivers. Marvin Harrison not working out. Yeah, right. Marvin Harrison doesn't have an agent. That's been obscured. Him in and the whole Caleb Williams. Caleb right Williams now, right? thing. And we've been waiting for Caleb Williams to make a power play. He, everything he said indicates there will be no power play from Caleb Williams. Do we know there won't be a power play from Marvin Harrison? Do we know that he'll say yes to whoever drafts him? That he won't work behind the scenes to make it? He, he has a father in place to be the one who takes the, the heat like Archie Manning did 20 years ago for Eli. Yeah. If he even cares about that. Yeah. Could he be a guy who says, I got my NIL money in the bank. I'm not going to play for you. I'll sit out for a year. And because he hasn't hired an agent, I'm trying to get a clear answer to this. I had one agent tell me that this is the way it is, but I'm not ready to say this is exactly the way it is. But if you don't hire an agent, can you can you say, I'll just go to the highest bidder in the NCAA. I'll go back to Ohio State or anywhere else. All these court rulings are making it clear they can't tell these kids where they can and can't go. Yeah. He could go to any school he wants, make far more money than he's going to make in the first year of a rookie contract as the third overall pick or the second overall really? pick. Really? He's going to make like, they're going to get $20 million the first year. Like, no, they, they, well. When well, it comes okay. to the signing bonus, they're going to get like 20 something million dollars. Okay. And they're going to get closer. I, I can't even believe you're saying money. this. And they're going to get closer to their second contract to you. get that going. But my point is, we've been thinking that Caleb Williams is the guy who may make. The power play. Right. My point is, could it be that Marvin Harrison is preparing for one or just not paying attention? And I don't know how much time we have left. I'm we have ninety seconds. From yeah. So yeah. Pete, count 90. me out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I thought of that earlier because we've been focused on will Caleb Williams do it. I just think we need to keep an eye on whether or not Marvin Harrison Jr. has a surprise in store for somebody if somebody that he doesn't want to play for is going to draft him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know. And I, I support it. I'm not saying, uh, we watch know, out. We know you support I'm it. i yeah. go, right. do it, yeah. stick it to him. I, um, I, I don't see ass. that happening. I think it's as simple as this. I, I really think it's as simple as this. I think some of these top guys, right, have got to, what do you have to do for me, agent? What are you going to do right now? What? Just take some money? Well, I mean, that's what you're going to do. You, you make sure so, they get drafted as high as possible. But I know. But, but those, those, that's what I'm saying. And I think that's what it is. I think these are two guys that are just like, I'm going to save the 3% right now. I'm already locked in. I'm going top five no matter what. The agent's not going to help anything out this time around. And I think that's where they are. So, I don't know. I mean, listen, I hear your thought. It's always interesting. I get you, but... I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to be talking to a bunch of defensive backs. It's an honor and a privilege today. to be in the NFL. Yes. Football is family. We'll, we'll be NFL. Back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Draft. Enjoy your Draft. Thursday. Combine. Draft. I'm going to beat him up. No so free enterprise. <laughs> You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. 
Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 